0: My name's Charles McKenzie, and I'm a newspaperman. Uh, at least I was, till a little, little while ago. I'd do anything to get a story. Anything. <laughs> that was my reputation. The way I figured it, people had a right to know. It was First Amendment, huh? That's what this country's all about, right? I worked on some pretty high-class newspapers in my time, you know? Pretty good magazines, too. But, uh, I had a little problem. Welcome to my cozy crypt.
1: Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. The tales from the crypt... Retrospective brought to you by Bet and Spider. <laughs> Episode 36. Deadline.
0: I'm not even going to do a Cryptkeeper Keeper uh, impression because I am just happy that we're finally done, disc two of season three. This? It's is this we have we been doing it since August. I feel disc? like
1: disc two has been we've has been in our uh, our DVD players for, since August. No, it it
0: would never end. It's uh, and then I get rightfully annoyed because here we are again. It uh, after the episode, it rolls over to the special features menu on the disc. Did you catch that? No, I still I still don't. I haven't looked at that. Because you know what, it, it rolls over to the special features menu that exists and there's just words in slime
1: that say, to look at special features, look at another disc. <laughs> Did you notice that in the menu, it, it doesn't say special features on the, the menu screen, it says features. I don't oh, know if God. it was like they were trying to save uh, letter space or no. they were Interns. like, these are not special. We can't lie to these people. Just features. These are just features. It's just features.
0: Adam Duritz of Counting Crows, what did you think they were just features?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I almost Nate. thought Adam. Um, Adam was in that's uh, what we're there our Bat and Spider episode this week, uh Demon Wind. There was a there was a <laughs> demon character that had a very similar haircut. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Stay tuned for. Well, you've probably already listened to that if you're listening to this right now.
1: <laughs> uh, um, Dale, we're back again. We're back. Uh, this week we're talking about Charlie Mackenzie. Old Charlie. He's a drunk. He's a reporter. He's down on his luck, and just when he's at his lowest, he happens upon a very beautiful woman in his local watering hole that seems to take a liking to him, and this sort of lifts old Charlie out of his fog. Manages to uh, clean up, shave, walk back into that uh, newspaper city desk office and ask uh, one of his old editors uh, for one more chance. Give me another chance, Phil.
0: I need a job. I wish I could, Charlie, but I'm up to my armpits here. Things are going to be different.
1: I'm going to quit drinking. Yeah? I heard that one before. Nothing ever changed. After much begging... He gets his chance. And this is his uh this is his ticket. One more time to shine to find a juicy murder story to write about. But this is Tales a from the Curse Dale. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into it on this week's Crypto Keepers Coffin. Welcome, Dale. This is uh 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 Walter, what's his name? Uh This is Walter Hill. Walter Hill Day um on on the pod. Very exciting. Yeah. This was uh um, we'll Walter Hill Day. Man. This episode was dripping with, I almost felt like I was watching like a, like an old weekly theater type show on, you know, like a network in the sixties or something, you know, it was just dripping Mm -hmm. with that sad sack, living in the city, down on his luck, jazz music playing. Yeah. yeah. I was, I don't know. I was into it. I liked it. I liked the whole feeling vibe. So did I. I liked,
0: uh, I, I liked, uh, Stephen McKenzie's character, Charles McKenzie, um, he, you know, just right off the top, where he's just lying about, you yeah. know, he's just lying to be lo- look good in front of the girl. But he's like, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> stop drinking as of right now. um cleaning my act up. I got it one more chance at the, at, and I got a cash advance, and yeah, you know, and you know, it's just all a lie. You know, <sighs> he's just as soon as something goes bad, he probably comes in there once a week telling that story. Oh man,
1: yeah, I know. This is probably a weekly occurrence of him just on this. This roller coaster ride of, this is it. This is you know, uh, I can quit whenever I want. Today's the day. Mm-hmm. I'm quitting. I'm turning my life around. Yeah, getting into That's... fights every day with his uh, <laughs> therapist slash bartender, who's I mean <laughs> yeah. God, love that guy. He's you know he's looking Aww. out for old Charlie. He's trying to trying to be a friend. Charlie, I'm your friend. I'm not going to give you a drink today. I'm your friend. Yeah, Charlie just that... basically spits in his face for that. Sickening. That dude is still
0: at it. That dude has. That guy has. As an actor, ever been in any any as many things as that bartender?
1: That guy. What is he? Isn't I feel like he's in a bunch of kids movies. Like I feel like he's he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is he in the Sopranos too? I feel like. He,
0: yeah, I think he was in uh, an episode or two of the Sopranos. He's been an Ace Ventura pet detective. Oh Yes, uh,
1: that's it. That's I think that
0: might be what I was thinking. <laughs> Oh, God. And he like busts, busts ace balls in the uh, police <laughs> <Yeah>. precinct. <laughs> I think somebody lost a turtle or something like that. He... <laughs> that might have been. Uh, he's been in a ton of things, but he's still at it. It's amazing. God.
1: I mean, that's all we can ask for in this life is I to know. find what we like to do and let the, the world just lets you do that. You know, that's yeah. all. That's, that's all anybody can ask for right? That's where you would need to be, like
0: C, B level, you know what I mean? Like C level, but steady employment. You don't need to be an A-lister that's going to flame out after your 15 minutes and not get anything. Like this dude has just been steady working.
1: This is is John
0: Capadice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Acting on his first TV show in 1978. my God. Makes me, it just makes me insane, right?
0: It's insane. Guys making money.
1: (laughs) I love just looking at his filmography like every other name is Italian. Don Rossi, Mr. Tortelli, Don Rossi, (laughs) Sal, Don Piano, (laughs) Mr. Cacciatore, (laughs) The Fat Man.
0: (laughs) Another one that's been in an episode of (laughs) Living Single, Chuck.
1: Oh, God, great show. We never, we phased We didn't, we never finished living single, unfortunately. I think it was when the upstairs neighbor left the show and they like replaced him with that goofy guy that was not funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was like a, I think it was a dispute over pay. That's what the uh, Wikipedia told me. Wow. Yeah. Just
0: brought up some ish right there. Yeah. Jeez. I'm sorry. This is
1: not that show. This is uh, Crypto Keeper's coffin. So, yeah. So this whole thing is like, you know, you're, it's almost It's a story we've seen a thousand times. Like we, everybody knows this dude. Everybody knows Charlie McKenzie. He's the drunk that's always on the verge of turning it around. Always asking everyone he knows for a few bucks just to make the rent. But also, also insisting that he has no problem. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, any time he wants to drink, he's fine. He's never. He's never. It's never affected his work, even though he's out of work. <laughs> yeah and
0: somehow he has the charisma to uh talk one marg Helkenberger into bed maybe i should do an interview with you huh. what's your story
1: you know my story i'm pretty and she is she is prime prime marg yeah good old good old marg point. i mean that was the most unbelievable part was that she was seriously yeah into this. Though I, I guess the explanation for her character is she's sort of a, a nymphomaniac, I guess. So maybe to her it's it's more of the thrill of, you know, collecting c- the cards rather than uh it's the quantity, right. not quality. <laughs> so right? Charlotte yeah. McKenzie was just another uh, checkbox. <laughs> she's just after that vitamin D chuck. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. And uh And I'll serve that at down at the watering hole. And old Charles McKenzie is just lucky enough to be there. And she keeps it, yeah, she keeps it on the level. Like, she's like, look, I don't want your phone number. You're not getting mine. We got a good thing going. We're just, you know, sack time and I'm out. It's all business. And that's, it's all business. Yeah.
1: I don't think she smiles one time in this episode. It's pretty great. (laughs) She is just like, yeah, yeah, it is. This is why I'm here. I don't want any of your stupid small talk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't call me. But old Charlie, I did love that exchange where she was like, you know, he was like, hey, want to come to lunch? Like the, after they slept, slept together next morning. And, and she's like, Charlie, this is not what that is. Like this, I don't want a relationship, blah, blah, blah. But Charlie, like, I loved how he was a player himself. Like he knew how to navigate that and be like, "Yes," be like, yeah, I don't care. You can leave and never talk to me again. That's fine. And that was like just enough for her to like, be like, wait a minute. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, maybe I do want to see this guy again. <laughs> I know. It was just the
0: personality. It was yeah. that assertiveness that uh she was she was into. She likes her men with that assertive yeah. personality. And he's gotta and, be uh, like that.
1: He's a reporter. He's you know, that's probably mm-hmm. been thirty forty years of his life is just like yeah. talking his way into situations and um, telling people what they want to hear, whether they know it or not, you know. Chuck, he's gotta be a shark out there on that yeah. on those streets, you know. <laughs> How about that scene of him, like when he gets the the job from uh, one of was it one of George's boss bosses from Seinfeld, um, the uh, <laughs> city desk editor, and he's he's working those phones, yeah. baby. How about that scene of him just calling up all his old contacts and they're just shutting them down, you know, like yes. guys that work at the city morgue or like cops that he knows, you know. Come on, give me something juicy. Give me a murder. You got you got to have something. Yeah, I love that. I want more newspaper episodes. I love, I love a good, uh, what do they call that? Is it the bullpen or like, I don't know what they call that. With all the yeah, phones ringing. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: They're sitting in the bullpen, writing yeah. their stories, smoke, smoking cigarettes God. everywhere.
1: Five minutes uh, after you clock in, you loosen that tie and roll up those sleeves and you look like you've been there all night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Like a bottle of bourbon in your bottom, uh, oh, yeah. bottom desk drawer. It God. was allowed. Imagine all the bourbons
1: in those drawers. Frig, yeah.
0: So this guy's down on his luck. He uh, The bartender kicks him out of his watering hole. And uh, Charles McKenzie ends up in a diner, kind of down on his luck, frumpy, stewing in his own pudding. <laughs> you know, he's not in a good place. And he needs something quick or he's going to starve to death and, and worse. Um, and uh, he's sitting there talking to this owner of this diner. And it's like, I mean, I just love the idea of these old mom and pop places that where they like lived in
1: the back half of the building. That you know? didn't look like a set to me. It didn't look like a set. You're right. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was, but it, it didn't look like a set. I was, mm-hmm. I was very convinced. It, it, it wasn't our, uh, your usual Tales from the Crypt set where you're like, Hey, this is a set guys. <laughs> yeah. Screaming at you that it's a set. This seemed like a in, real uh, place. Like I think it was called Nico's Grill. Back where I used to live in South Jersey, I lived
0: practically in the middle of nowhere. And down this road, you know, in the middle of nowhere towards civilization, there would be this, there was this old, tiny building. I mean, it was tiny, but it was it was like this luncheon yeah. that was on the same property as the people who owned a house. It was like they shared a driveway to kind of, um, one side was the house and one side was this tiny luncheon. Maybe you could fit... 10, 15 people in oh, there. Um, amazing. And it was just like, you know, they just like walk over. If if uh, if you walked in there, and, and you know, they, they closed years ago, but if you walked in there for something and nobody was in there, like you would see, you know, somebody would come in running in after you because they were like sitting in their <laughs> living room or something. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of reminded me of that. But this is, you know, this is like inner city building. Yeah. Somebody's living at this diner in the back half of the diner. It
1: reminded me a little bit of... uh in the like early Colombo episodes, he would always go to the same chili place, um, oh, yeah. and it was just like a small, tiny place. That's it's like all they served was this just like disgusting-looking chili. <laughs> but I remember looking it up, and it was like a real place that they w- went and shot at, and that was like there well, for years and years. Gotta love that. I'm I love that stuff. But anyway, yeah. So he's there. He's 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 trying to get his mind together, have a bowl of chili, you know, have a cup of coffee, trying to. Uh, figure out his next move. How's he going to find this story? When the owner mm-hmm. who he saw, uh, John Polito King, he like rebuffs hey. like the, like he's a, he's a yacker. He wanted to to talk his ear off, but he's like, can you just leave me alone so I can read my paper? And, uh, but he overhears John Polito in the back into his apartment. Uh, and you hear a little, uh, domestic spat with him and his wife. And it, like from the sounds, it quickly goes bad. Uh, and her, Screaming stops. Hey,
0: Don't leave it with me. I'll show you. You stay here with me. You listen to me, woman.
1: Charlie's like, oh shit. Uh I think I just uh-huh. witnessed murder. So he uh creeps back there and he finds John Polito sobbing, saying, I just killed my wife. Yeah. She's been uh she's been two-time in home. He hired a private dick to look up on her and she just every night she's out at a different bar picking up a random guy doing her thing uh mm-hmm. and he was just sick of it i guess uh to
0: the point where he had to murder her in the back of the restaurant with, with at least one customer <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe like wait. he was sick of it <laughs>
1: he was yeah he saw he saw red i guess uh and charlie just like as soon as oh, the dude. the the shot clears from his eyes he's like well, wait a second and he gets his notepad mm-hmm. out, and he's like, "Start talking to me, Greek man. <laughs> start, start yapping. Yeah. Tell me what's on your mind." <laughs> yeah, and the dude just opens up. Yeah, which I, I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you, you, if you jump on somebody, you know, I would think as soon as that happens, that would be the best chance you have to. Yeah, kind of get everything that stream of conscious thoughts coming out of their mouth. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in, a, in a, especially in a p- passionate crime like that.
1: Yeah, you, you got to think they're like there's like a, in a mixture of like passion, like like ra- post rage, adrenaline, shock, and like beginning to accept what they just did. Like probably realizing their life is over because they just committed murder. You know? Yeah. I could see that, just like everything yeah. just pouring yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, imagine, you know. But what's the uh, what's the scuttlebutt, Dale? What happens next? So our,
0: our reporter reassures our Greek murderer that he's going to go contact the cops. You know, it's everything's going to be cool. We just need to sit down. After he gets the story, he goes back there to call the cops and he just, you know, wants to peek in on the victim. Victim rolls over... <laughs> Marg Helgenberger, still alive. <laughs> it's Marg. Just knocked out. Yeah. And I mean, our Charles McKenzie starts feeling all kinds of emotion Ooh, as well. The calculations. Num- the calculations, the number one emotion, uh-huh. a, s- a simultaneous emotion of, you know, he's she's going to ruin his big break <laughs> by living. Yes. Yeah. So he strangles her. He's got to finish the job or he, he won't have a story to
1: tell. I think he tells her before he puts his hands around her neck. How could you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Charlie, you asshole. Holy shit. Unreal.
0: It was so, it was classic. It was classic. I was like, oh my God, he, it's her. As soon as he walked back there, I was like, it's her, it's her. Yeah. She flips over.
1: When they first. How could you do this to me? When they first show her and you just see the back of her head, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, that's gotta be somebody. But yeah. Oh, and this whole episode's bookended with uh, something we haven't seen in a while, I feel like, but they used to, they've done a few times in tales is Charlie just in a room talking to the camera. Uh, sort of telling this story, I, l- I love that stuff because this guy mm-hmm. who who is this guy that played Charlie? He's Richard Jordan. He is amazing in this. He was,
0: he's really good in
1: this, mo- in this, uh, scene yeah. Like, episode. I don't know if this is like the way he talks normally, but he, he put on this like out of breath affectation to his voice that mm-hmm. just worked amazingly. Like, <laughs> for some reason, it just like fit this guy so well that, like, the way he spoke. There was all, all these like pauses, and it always seemed like he was trying to catch his breath, and it, it made this sort of urgent. It gave this urgency to his voice that I, I loved. Mm-hmm. To this character,
0: yeah. He didn't talk like that in the secret of my success. No, he didn't. Cool. So, so yeah, and then by his his ending book book ending interview, he basically says, you know, I get to tell this story from both sides as the reporter and as the killer. Yeah. So he was caught
1: Yeah. after all that. Didn't get away with it. And he, and he's in a straight jacket too. So they, they yeah. think he's nuts, I guess. I guess he got a, maybe he sweet talked himself into a bit at the mental hospital instead of prison. <laughs> I yeah. could see Charlie doing yeah. that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, just good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to keep him out of the, the big house.
1: Though his, um, uh, it, they do end on a funny, he like his last line is like, I'm going to write a book all about this, but. First thing they need to get a drink. Like he's still <laughs> oh, yeah. still chasing that drink. <laughs> Man. So good. I really like this episode. It was yeah. great. It did it wasn't like funnier, but I, I loved it. Like this could have not even been a Tales from the Crypt. I just appreciated it for just the the whole feeling and vibe. Like it nailed mm-hmm. it nailed what it wanted to do and I I I was appreciative yeah. of it for that.
0: Yeah, it stuck to the uh, you know. Um, down on his luck. Like you said, the noir kind of yeah. st- story being told with the jazz and the, you know, like the blue kind of, uh,
1: seemed like there was a blue filter and, in mm, a lot yeah. of the shots. And um, yeah, it was good. I, I really love like all the, it. I loved when he like called in his story and it was like giving me anxiety. Like he, like I guess reporters do that all the time they, or probably in the old days before the internet, they would just call into the city desk and be like, are you ready to take my feed? I think he called it. City desk. This is Charles McKenzie. Are you ready for my feed? Yeah,
0: Charlie, go ahead. Good. Here goes.
1: Inflamed
0: by jealousy, a distraught Lomax Park man tonight squeezed the life out of his unfaithful wife while
1: she laughed and taunted
0: him. Yeah. And he just
1: starts writing his story. like He took notes, but he's not looking at anything. He's just like... Saying his whole man. article, like, just like, uh, be bopping and scatting his article <laughs> over to the city yeah. desk. <laughs> I yeah. Like, I wonder man.
0: what touching up gets done after that. You know, is it, yeah. uh, is that how it's supposed to be typed? Does he have to come back in and finish the paperwork and touch it up?
1: Yeah, it's true. That, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's incredible though. Like, you know, you could see these beat reporters out there on the streets with no tools yeah. and they probably like had this system set up where they could call in and somebody's read, they there ready to you know take their story down it's it's a pretty incredible system
1: yeah they and they probably just like had to learn to just like think that way to like vocalize their stories instead of like writing it it's yeah mm-hmm. it's cool yeah good episode so, go watch it <laughs> yeah
0: for sure next up episode called spoiled janet is married to a doctor who's married to his work she wants to live her life with passion, danger, and romance, like Fuchsia Monroe, a soap opera character she watches religiously. Oh. When her television goes haywire, her friend Louise convinces her to get cable. With her husband unresponsive to her needs, she begins a steamy affair with the cable guy.
1: Cable guy! cable goula <laughs> Cabla-goula! All right. Well, this is... I Next week is... Uh... We're getting close to Valentine's Day, so this might be a perfect yeah, episode. Yeah, that's that. true. Directed by
0: Andy Wolk, 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 who's directed a ton of uh, TV, so he's he's in the game. Good for him. Nice. Uh, stars Faye Grant, Alan Rakens, Anita Morris, Tristan Rogers, Annabelle Gerwich. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: why do I know that name?
0: I know that name. Do you remember on TBS in the 90s, Dinner
1: in a Movie? <gasps> no. With Annabelle Gerwich. Oh. Yes. oh my God. I haven't thought about her in so long. <gasps> oh my God. I'm so excited. Oh, dude. Wow. Wow. She was so charming. Had a huge crush on her. That, that silly show. Totally. Dinner in a movie. She was so charismatic. Wow. That's awesome. Holy moly. I wonder what she's that's doing. Amazing! I know. Oh, no, she was in, oh, she was in Better Things. I watched that show. Really? It looks like that's her last credit. Yeah. As Rabbi Gerwich Is yeah. that? Probably just like one episode thing. That's a, uh, have you ever seen that as Pamela Adlon's show? mm She was like, I'm she's interested. like a, she's a big voice artist, but she's an actress too. She did like Bobby on King of the Hill. But it's sort of like it's about her life, but not re- it's sort of a fictionalized version of her life, living in Hollywood and being a an actress and stuff. Oh, okay. It's really good. So
0: like
1: uh okay. I like cool. I'll yeah. check
0: that out. I'm gonna put that on my watch list.
1: Wow, Annabelle Gorwich, I love you. Annabelle. Welcome back to the to my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Wow. That's exciting. Cool. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, I hope you're all doing swell. Thanks for listening along as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you.